Oh, You Thought Podcast, the place where you get a heavy dose of positivity, sarcasm, knowledge, and ratchetness. Enjoy the show. What up, everybody? And happy Friday for those of you that live for Fridays and the weekend. Um, Like I said on my social media post an hour or so ago, um, I wasn't going to post, I wasn't going to record my podcast today because I wasn't feeling too well haven't been feeling well this week but good old twitter they always provide you with these little jewels that you just have to to comment on and the fact that i have a podcast platform I feel it is my duty to speak on these things. So this episode is going to be a little bit different than the other episodes. Um, number one, I still don't have a rap verse. Um, what the last rap verse you got from me was for the D challenge, I believe. And so, yeah, I'm just not in the rapping mood as of lately. Um, but no, for some of you. This might just sound like one long read. Like I got a nice size docket today (laughs) of people and things, ideas, situations that I just want to just give my opinion on. And so, you know, a lot of the segments that I do from week to week, you probably won't hear them. This episode, but with that being said, I just want to make sure that I don't forget anything that I really want to say. And it's kind of ironic. Um, My Oh You Thought moments will coincide to some of the reads that (laughs) I'm going to give some people later on in the show. And so I will keep my Oh You Thought moments because... Yeah, they're still valid, and I still want to talk about these, so let's go ahead and jump right on in. Oh, you thought that your tweet gave so much truth to the world that you felt it was okay to say what what you said, and no, I'm not going to give this lady's name, because there's something about me, like, when I run into some of these racist people or some of these clueless people... I don't like to give their name any power, so I don't say their names. And so I'm not going to say this name, the person's name, but I randomly came across her tweet and it said, honestly, 10 years ago, I heard nothing about racism or race hate crimes. crimes. Obama set race relations back generations. Sad. Ma'am, how? How, 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 how? And I'm so tired of some of these Trump supporters or some of these people in general. And number one, I always say this. When I say Trump supporters, I know there's some good people out there that just happen to support Trump and they're just totally lost in the sauce. But a good majority of these people are racist, are hateful. They tweet stuff out like this every single day. And it's just like... No, I just don't, I do not understand the correlation of you saying that you never heard anything about racism or race crimes, race hate crimes until Obama was in office, lady. From looking at your picture, you look older than me, okay? Maybe you're like 50, 50 something. So you definitely have lived to see somebody suffer through racism, So get out of your bag, lady. Get out of your bag because it's people like you that live in their bubble like nothing ever happens. And then when you decide to step out of your bubble and see everything that people of color or other people that refuse to to walk around like nothing is going on when you finally get into that world you're shocked and appalled and you want to blame everything on obama no I'm not rocking with that i'm not gonna let you blame all this hateful mess that's going on currently before trump also 
civil rights movement. Uh, where else we want to go? Jim Crow laws. Um, the Red Summer of 1919. Uh, there's so many things that has happened in history, but people don't talk about. And I refuse to let you stain that good man's name. Because one thing we can say about Obama, he was for everybody. He was for everybody. He wasn't just for black people. He was for everybody. No matter the color of your skin, no matter your gender, no matter who you love, he wanted everything to be equal. And can you imagine being a president and actually doing your job? Like, and not just being for one group of people, being for the rich or being for the poor, like being for everybody collectively. And it's people like her and it's people like these these Trump supporters that have come out the gate now being loud and proud that give life to all the racist acts that we see going on out in the open now. That was not Obama. That was Trump's campaign that made it feel safe or okay for a lot of people to come out their bag and try to take their country back, boo-boo. And... It's not your country. <laughs> like, just go read a history book or Google. Like, for people that don't like to read, do your Googles. Like, by the time you finish typing in your sentence, you'll have your answer. This, this country is not yours. And Americans, they love to pride themselves on being this big melting pot. And everyone is somebody. Everybody can come here and get a nice life and work hard. But no, no, my people are still suffering and minorities as a whole are still suffering. So yeah, so that lady, like I saw that and I was just like, no, no, not today. She had to make it to the show. Oh, you thought Tina Campbell. Now this is on a petty note. Like, <laughs> She really thought that she was going to be booked and busy. And I'm so glad. And this is just, this shows you the power of your dollars. Yes, ma'am. Had to cancel her tour because she didn't have enough people <laughs> to want to see her be booked and busy. And, you know, I don't really like to just be petty and laugh at people because I understand you got to make your money. You got to take care of your family. But I just think it's your responsibility to just inform yourself and, and vote for the right people. There again, so many people dogged Hillary Clinton. But if, if you, there again, if you did your research and everything, and it's just one of those things like, if you don't believe in a woman being a president, which I've, I've heard some women say that, which is just crazy to me. Even if you felt like that, Trump has a track record so much longer than Hillary Clinton. And it's just like, at the basic level, boys and girls, her husband was a president. And so he was going to be in that White House with his wife. And so in my mind, that made it feel okay. And I just, I will forever say Hillary's biggest mistake was when she got the nomination she didn't put Bernie Sanders on the ticket. If she would have put Bernie Sanders on the ticket, she would have won. No problem. So with that being said, Tina Campbell, you come out saying that Trump is a man of God. And, you know, he was aligned with your your religious beliefs. And it's just like, Miss Campbell, I was going to say girl, but I'm going to put some respect on your life and your name. Because you are a child of God. But you really thought that Trump was going to be the one to just stabilize and just keep things going the way Obama had the country going? Like, did you not see any of his uh, rallies prior to being elected? Did you hear his his speeches? Like, did you hear any of that? Like, if you just would have picked up on one, I'm pretty sure you would have clicked the other name. And so I'm sorry to hear that you're not booked and busy, Miss Tina Campbell. But I'm pretty sure that tide will turn around. I'm pretty sure 
your sister Erica will have to work really hard to get the fans back in your favor. And for me, like, I think I'm just done with Mary Mary because there again, it's the, it's the power of your dollars and me watching your TV show. I'm just not going to give that to you because I'm sorry. Like, yes, you have the God given right to vote for whoever you want to vote for, but the people that were negligent and voted for Trump, you have to feel some type of way unless you're racist. And you're happy with how everything is going in this country. But yeah, yeah, I'm not vibing. Okay, this one, non-political, non-racial, but this is one I really still want to talk about because I think it's just plum foolish. And yeah, I'm country. I say plum a lot. I get that from my mama. And I'm gonna need Amazon to come to the front of <laughs> the church because what are y'all thinking with this Amazon key? So you're going to tell me that I got to pay almost $300 to set up this system in my house just, just so I can have this system um, whenever I order stuff that the delivery person can use a key to my God-given home that I pay my rent for, my mortgage on, whatever, to come in my home and drop off my package. Nah, I'm not rolling with it. I'm not rolling. Like, because there again, then it'll be something else. Then these cameras, now see, I'm going in a different direction with this. Then these cameras can be in my house and you can be looking at other things. You can be just all in my business. I already feel like the government or these smartphones are too intrusive. Case in point, me and my best friend, we were having a conversation about Mark Cuban this morning. We get off the phone and he's pretty much shook because as soon as he gets off the phone, there's an article about Mark Cuban and he had to call me back because it was too much. And it's just like one of those things like, how do you like, simple thing is like Google. How do you actually predict what I'm truly getting ready to say? And I've only typed two letters. It's too much. And so I'm not gonna pay $300 to get this set up, even if I was rich or even if I had the money and it was nothing. Ain't nobody coming in my house, B. Like, no, that package, it can sit outside. It can sit in my mailbox. I can go pick it up, but you are not coming in my house or my apartment. I just imagine all the loopholes that can happen to where you get some crooked people because there's bad people in everything. Get some bad people that start setting up a, a ring or something that they learn how to outsmart the system because there's always someone that can outsmart the system. And here we go. Almost Christmas time. Black Friday is upon us, which is a whole nother discussion. Now we got people going in people's houses, stealing their stuff or never delivering their stuff or delivering their package and then stealing their TVs, computers, blah, 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 blah. But <laughs> since you think, oh, got the package or whatever, or they turn off the system once they deliver the package or whatever, like, it's just all these things. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm just over the top sensitive with my stuff. And yeah, you can't take this stuff with you, but it just seems like some stuff is just simple. And that just doesn't sound like a good idea. And even when Amazon, they were talking about doing the whole, um, what's the other thing? The thing that flies in the air, that takes pictures, or they drop bombs over in different countries. What is that thing called? Well, you know what it is. I just can't think of it. But they were talking about using that to deliver packages the same day. And it's just like, we want everything so fast. Why can't we just wait like a couple of seconds, sis? Like just a couple of seconds, like real talk. And... So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not vibing with it. I'm not going with it. Like I said, if I was rich, I still wouldn't do it. Okay, so now we're gonna transition into the stuff that I really, really needed to talk about and it was on my heart. And so I was just like, this must be said. And so I'm gonna transition into... The topic surrounding the Houston, Tec Houston Texans and and I'm going to go into something else. Um, but to get to the te Texans, why can't I say Texans today? Because it shouldn't be said. 
I'm definitely done with the NFL, but we'll get there. We will get there. So, like I said, this is episode 33 of Oh You Thought Podcast. My name is Fallon. I'm coming to you from Houston, Texas, and I just hope you really dive into this episode, and I excuse the the freeness of this episode, but I really think this episode is really going to come out to be a really good episode just based on things that I've seen and conversations heard and, you know, I... I'm a quiet person, so I observe a lot of things through conversations with friends, family, whatever, stuff I see on social media, and sometimes my brain just gets a little fed up, and I just feel like I have to just push some of it out, and so let's just kind of back up a little bit and talk about my week, and so I've been binge watching this TV show, Switched at Birth, and this really turned out to be a great TV show and it really shocked me. I've heard a lot of people talk to talk about the show, but I was just like, it can't be that good. And so I get into season one, episode one, and I'm already hooked. And so I've been binge watching two weeks, maybe going on three weeks. I'm on the last season that's on Netflix. I haven't Googled, Googled it to see if it's only five seasons because I don't want to end up coming across what happens in the last season if it's still not a current TV show okay so in season five and I want to say kudos to whoever is the writer of this show Um, either I'm thinking it's a black person or it is a non-black person that is very 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 socially aware with everything that's going on in the world like these episodes like they deal with good stuff and they do it in a really good way so there's teaching points and learning points and just bravo and I say that to say this um to go into the episode that I'm going to correlate to race issues and in this particular episode the kids are now in college and you know most part dealing with regular college stuff and the last couple episodes that I watched they have been leading up to you know, this racial divide, almost racial problems. And the episode before the the major episode I'm going to talk about, it was Halloween. And so people were dressing up and we see this all over social media of non people of color doing costumes wrong by incorporating blackface. And I In my opinion, as someone that's just so pro-black and just, I love my people, I was happy with how they did this particular episode. And I'll tell you why. Um, They had a Halloween party, like I said, and one of the main characters, um, he dressed up as Little Wayne. Now, stay with me and follow me. For me, I felt like, finally, like when I first saw him pop up and he said he was Little Wayne, I was not offended because I felt like he did it right. You don't have to use blackface in order to dress up as whoever you want to dress up. And number one, if you are a minority and you feel like a white person or any other person that's not black or whoever can't dress up as someone like Lil Wayne, for example, or Nicki Minaj or something, you know, popular people in our culture. And I think that's a little bit unfair because we go around and we dress as X, Y, Z, and they may be white. Um, So we have to be a little more fair. And there again, this is coming from someone that's very pro-black. And I feel like if you do it the right way, it should be fine. And so this young man, he just, there were like dreads and he had a grill and that was it. There was no blackface. And so... The girl's uh, roommate, she was so offended and she was black. And so we see the the um, dynamics change between them and they go through this whole process for, like, I feel like it's almost like a year passes where her roommate just doesn't want to get along with her now ex-boyfriend of her roommate, all because of the little Wayne costume. And I was just like, wow, you know. There again, whoever is the writer of the show, I think they're doing a good job because we do have people in my culture that are overly sensitive. And I'm definitely one of those people, 
Like when Halloween comes around, I'm looking, I'm looking to see those that do it right. And so sometimes we have to stop being so sensitive. Like even like the young man said that Lil Wayne is his favorite rapper. So he can't, he can't dress up like Lil Wayne without using blackface and that's okay. Like he didn't use blackface. Blackface is offensive. He just came as his same like pale skin. So there. So we have that set up. And so there's that divide that's been working up. And then we get to the episode to where a few white students decided to place cotton balls all over the front lawn of the the black student union. And, you know, they give you a premise that those are loosely based on some th- some events that actually happened. And when I first saw this, I was like, okay, what are we doing? And there again, perfectly written, you have this, this white young lady that's friends with a lot of different people and she didn't get it. She didn't understand why the black people were so offended with the, the cotton ball. And there again, if you're a black person, you're automatically triggered because that's a negative connotation of what that represents. That represents our ancestors being brought over here without their consent and working to help build this country and we still don't get treated fairly. Like That's what that imagery represents to me. And that's a big problem for people that go around playing those kind of jokes and don't understand or they do understand and they think that they can get away with it and they want to trigger the black people in this example. And I thought another interesting point in this show was how minorities aren't sticking together. Like you had the the kids at the black student union, they're doing their their. there, uh, why can't I think? Uh, protests. There we go. They're doing their protests, and you have other minorities like across the street, like just looking at them. And my thing is always this: like, if they're attacking black people, they're attacking all minorities. Like, no minority is completely safe. And I think the the sooner that we collectively get that and understand that this world would be a better place, right? So that's a good talking point right there. And there again, good imagery to see the black students doing their silent, peaceful protests. And you have all the other minorities just standing and looking. And yes, I was pretty amazed at that. And so they did another good example on the same episode where a black person, uh, threaten a white person and they got expelled for it right and so the white guys that put the cotton on the lawn of the black student union guess what boys and girls they did not get expelled and um, they had to take sensitivity training yeah that's what they had to do and so the goal of this hunger strike that they were doing and peaceful protests was they wanted equal treatment. They didn't deny what the black person did to the white person as far as threatening the white person was wrong. They did not deny that. They felt like he got what he deserved. And see, that's the thing. People of color, minorities for the most part, right is right, wrong is wrong. They just want for white people to get the same justice and punishments that we do and quickly and we shouldn't have to march about it we shouldn't have to protest about it we shouldn't have to starve ourselves to get it done and so it took in this episode it took the baseball team protesting this major game that was bringing in a million dollars for the college for them to truly have a conversation and for other um sports teams to say hey we're not playing either so it took all that it took the power of the dollar to have a conversation and to get those guys finally expelled for what they did 
But there again, my thing is this. It shouldn't take all of that to get justice served for things being done wrong to people of color, minority, or whatever. And I always want to make sure I address the issue correctly because, yes, we see a lot of African-Americans, black people, however you want to, you know, recognize yourself. I know a lot of people don't like to use the African-American term to address themselves, but black is a color. And so, yeah, I, I just I don't identify with black. Like I might say it like when I'm just quickly talking, I might say black, you know. But we are more than just a color. We come in like a million shades. So it's hard to just say that you're black when you're a different hue or a beautiful color. Like, but anyways, like I said, I just want to make sure I always just not just just address African-Americans because the fight that we're on, we see it with all minorities and it needs to be addressed. Okay. And so I saw that episode. and I was like, yeah, like I said, done right And I think the biggest theme from this episode is that minorities, we have that constant feeling of wanting to be heard and our voice is never heard. It's like we we do the checklist of what you say. Okay, you can protest as long as it's peaceful and quiet. You can do that. You can starve yourself to death and we still don't care about you. Like this girl, like she was holding it down by herself on this episode and they still did not care about her life. And she kind of just, it was a big moment for her, for her to realize that she's up here starving. She passed out and all this stuff and they did not care. She said her life did not matter. And that's the feeling that a lot of people, a lot of black people, minorities feel every single day. Can you imagine carrying that weight around you every single day? I've had this conversation with my best friend and I said, as of recently, and when I say recently, I'm meaning like the Trump year of 2017, as things have progressively gotten worse, I feel like I halfway go out of my way to be almost overly nice to white people, not because I'm some pansy or I'm chucking and jiving, (laughs) but I don't want no problems. And I want them to see that these stereotypes that a lot of people pinpoint all of us in one box, we're not all like that. I went to school, I went to college, but I still don't get the same pay rate as someone that does the same job that I, I used to do. And it comes automatic for them. For, so just think about it, you're already a minority. And so now you're a minority and you're a female. So you're at the bottom of the barrel as far as getting paid. And going back to what I just said, like, I shouldn't have to feel like that I have to be so overly nice when I see white people out in public and and speak and say, hi, how are you doing? And all that stuff there. Like, I should just be able to just be in this world and not feel like there's a target on my back. Like, I just, I'm tired of the target being placed on, on my brothers, you know? And then it's not even like just our black men. Like, it's not, it's anyone with a different color, different colored skin tone can get it at any moment. And it, it scares me. And there again, like being unemployed at this point. How is my job hunting going to be? Is it going to be like 10 times harder because of the Trump effect and people are, you know, standing behind what they really feel like? I have thoughts like that now because of everything that's going on. Like people have the the right to, to hire and fire whoever they want. And if they happen to own this big company and they don't vibe with minorities, then I may not get the job. And so... There again, like these are thoughts that I have pretty often as a black female and I just be wanting to make it home when I go out 
and take care of my business and stuff. And people say, oh, you're probably being overdramatic. And no, I don't think I'm being overdramatic because of everything I see on TV. And it never stops. It's every day. It's every five minutes. It's a new story. Every 10 minutes, it's another hateful tweet from Trump. Every day you wake up, it's something else. And when I woke up this morning, like I said, haven't been feeling well, but I said it was my podcasting duty to give my two cents on the shenanigans that I came across on Twitter this morning in regards to the owner of the Houston Texans. And so guess the owners and the players and stuff got together. I don't really know what's been going on because I haven't been giving my attention to the NFL like that. So stay with me. And so I come across this blurb on Twitter and it says, as Jones spoke, and I'm assuming this is talking about Jones from the Cowboys, the owner of the Cowboys, uh, Snyder mumbled out loud. See, Jones gets it. 96% of Americans are for guys standing. Pause, 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 pause. I have my degree in psychology, right, people? And I always tell people this whenever I get in a debate, a conversation, and they bring me stats like that, talking about what this poll says, what that poll says. My very, very, very first stats class, statistics class at Southern University, the best HBCU in the country, first day reading the syllabus the professor says never trust a poll and why because you don't know who the controlled population is this 96 percent that they're talking about in this quote it could be 96 percent of a room of white men it could be 96 percent of a room of old white women it can be 96 percent of Trump supporters, who is the demographics for this poll? How do you get 96% when there's so many different other people who are vibing with, let the players take a knee if they want to. You even have veterans that are saying it's okay for them to take a knee. They get it. So where do you get this 96% from? So when I saw this 96%, says 96% of Americans are for guys standing. Motherfucker. And I'm sorry. Not sorry. There again, we're talking about grown people. So this 96% of wherever you got it from, <laughs> they're giving their opinion on what a grown person can do. Who going to pay my uh my rent? Like, who going to pay my mortgage? Like, like, people that do those things, you have a say in my life. And, and that's a thing as a minority, again, I get so upset because... Just because you're taking a knee for something or you're standing up for equality or whatever, as far as like however you choose to show your, your voice as far as protesting. So when I say standing, I mean you're literally standing protesting somewhere outside of the NFL or whatever. You know what I mean? So uh, how can you tell me how to live my life? And I've said this before. I think people are so just in love with this fucking flag and it's a flag that doesn't represent all of us because if it did we wouldn't have all these problems and I'm sorry to to cuss and then to go on my my Christian side but this is this I'm being real like this is the thoughts these are the thoughts that go through my head like as a Christian basic Item number one, like there should be no other idols before me, your God. And so I'm not rocking with it. I don't worship worship a flag. And I definitely don't worship a song that was not written for everybody. And so if you want to negate the fact that they changed the words to try to, you know, diminish what it was really about, that's on you. But if... It's like, you know, it's like being a Christian. It's like once you find the truth for yourself, how can you go back and be ignorant and be in the dark? So, and I will say this for myself, like, I didn't know all the words to the Star Spangled Banner until a couple years ago. 
and they're a kid. When you get that knowledge, you're like, all right, all right, I get it, I get it, I get it. Like, I'm not, I'm not vibing with this. I've learned the information for myself. And it's just not hot to me, people. And so let me go back to the quote. Uh, Acclaim some dismiss as a grand overstatement. Now, here come the owner of the Houston Texans. McNair, a multi-million dollar Trump campaign contributor. Okay, okay. So there again, let's just pause that out too. So if you're willing to give millions of dollars to the Trump campaign, there again, like Tina Campbell said, she felt like his beliefs, let's keep it on Christian beliefs, were aligned with hers. And so you have these, these rich owners giving their money to Trump you don't give your money to someone you don't believe in, right? And these are people that are probably, you know, shaking shaking hands with Trump and been in the same tr- circles with Trump for years. So you're going to give millions of dollars to the Trump campaign, okay? So he spoke next, ladies and gentlemen, and equi- equ- echo echoing (laughs) many of the same business concerns we can't have the inmates running the prison how 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 in the world did you think that was a good analogy to give off in this meeting can't let the inmates run the prison worst analogy in the world and i'm sorry I don't see any analogy that works for the situation because there again, have you taken the time to really get involved with why people are taking a knee? And I'm just so thankful that I have totally sat out this whole NFL season because it's just a whole bunch of bull crap. And it's just, it's crazy to me. Like, there again, as minorities, we have all these stereotypes going against us. And so you're going to use an analogy to label your players inmates. These are grown men. And with me being from Houston, I can speak on the Texans as far as like most of the guys that I follow on social media. Uh, they be out here doing for the community. You don't hear about a lot of these guys being arrested. Like these are some good men that have come through this organization. And for you to to put that tacky label on them, shame on you. And I'm so tired of people being able to say crazy things like that. And they come out and they say, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. And they put a little Band-Aid on it. And everyone's like, oh, you're sorry. You're so sorry. Let's go play some football. No, I'm not rolling with it. I'm not vibing with it. Like, I'm tired of the apologies. I am tired of the apologies I'm tired of the statement of I never meant to offend anyone (sighs) these owners have been offending their players since the whole shenanigan has been going on with taking a knee people are so worried about clocking in them dollars they're not having real conversations with how their players feel and I think Jamel Hill said this, that all the responsibility is not on the players. And I totally agree with that. Like, I know some of them are afraid to lose their job. Oh, and let's not talk about, we can't miss the, the young man that lost his job from the Cowboys because he raised his, his fist during the, during the anthem. But we don't hear about him because he's not a major name. But he lost his job because of that. And I'm guessing nine times out of 10, like once the story actually does hit the fam, they're going to say it's because of his skill set. The same thing they did to Kaepernick. They're going to really stay on that level of, hey, he was going to go anyway, B. Like, whatever. And so it bothers me. Like, it needs to be a complete overall 
overhaul of how to deal with race relations in this country, in the world. But since we live here, let's say this country. And I think like I brought this up before, like it needs to start starts at the very top and it goes to the very bottom. Like people really need to understand why we feel this way and need to have those conversations. And I'm still not, you know, 100% like, oh, it can never happen that we can get to a better place. And like, yes, we have made positive um, strides and everything and that's cool. But still, I need you to tell me why my black brothers are still getting beat up by the cops and that's okay. I need you to tell me how a cop can kill a black man, an unarmed black man, and um, get that, you know, thrown off her record. I need answers for that. I need answers for how the president of the United States can be in cahoots with Russia and he can give out give off all of these racial undertones and he, he doesn't denounce the the KKK and they can they can go ahead and do what they want to do but we have all these other things going on against minorities. You're still talking about a wall and Puerto Rico is like the abandoned like stepchild that nobody cares about when it's a part of the United States like it's crazy to me to just it's heartbreaking to me to see how they're just leaving them out to dry and thank the Lord for for those that have a voice and have the money to to get resources together to get something out there but it's horrible and I'm very, very, very disappointed in the NFL with how they've handled everything. And the only reason the NBA is probably surviving is because they probably got out in front of it. They saw everything that was going on in the NFL and they said, you know what? We're not going to have these problems. We're going to support our players. And, you know, they already know it's in their contract that they got to stand for this good old anthem and we'll have an open dialogue and we'll see what else we can do and to support our our players you know act like you care you know and and we can we can get along like we can get along it's it's for the taking but we gotta have the right people in place um the last person that I want to talk about as far as like my rant I just want to make sure is this it because oh yeah, this is it for the, the rant. Uh, the next thing I'm going to talk about deals with different kinds of relationships, but I may not have enough time. But um, yeah, uh, y'all remember the cop in Tulsa that that shot uh, Terrence uh, Kutcher. Uh, basically, that shooting, that murder is being taken off her record. And we already know that she got paid for her her time off. So she really made out, but this family still has to mourn the death of their husband, their brother, their uncle. You know? His name mattered. His life mattered. And there again, the black community is left with anger. We were left with questions and we just want to know why, 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 why. And so that's all of my rants. But like I said, I, I wanted to talk on relationships really briefly. Um, and then I guess everything else that I want to talk about will come in a letter date or it just doesn't matter at this point. But I do want to get a shout out to uh, a glow up to Deshaun Watson since we were talking about since I was talking about the Texans and just thank you for the work you have done in this community since you have come to this community and he recently helped furnish 100 176 homes in the Houston area so a glow up to Deshaun Watson keep doing great things and you're going to be blessed for life God sees everything and it's just I don't know. I just, I really love to see stuff like this. Like 
He gets it. He gets it. And I love it. And then also JJ Watt, glow up to him. He recently came out and told everybody how the money is going to be handled that he raised. And I think it's really good what he has in store, rebuilding houses, uh, child care programs and everything and food and it's a lot of money. So I pray that those that really need it, they really get it. So I want to glow up those two people from the Texans. And now I just want to, you know, I want to give my opinion on different kind of relationships. And hopefully I won't talk too long. And I want to talk about friendships. I want to talk about romantic relationships. And I want to talk about family and even work life relationships because all relationships matter, right? And so this thought came across my head last night. There again, I'm on social media and I see different things. I hear different conversations. And I think like for, you know, my personal opinion, I think a lot of people don't really know how to foster good relationships of different kinds, right? And by no means am I the perfect person in any kind of relationship that I'm going to talk about. But I have lived, I have learned, and here we go. Number one, I feel like any kind of relationship that you have, it should definitely, I, I think the best analogy of what a good, healthy, positive relationship looks like is a bank account, right? You have a bank account. You don't want to constantly, let's say a savings account. You don't want to constantly go in your savings, right? You want to have a positive relationship to where money is coming in and barely any money is going out of your savings. And so the money coming in, that's how all those other relationships are feeding you, right? And the input going out, the output going out, is how you foster and grow the relationships with the people putting in positive vibes. Let's just say positive vibes, right? And I think a lot of us, we get lost in the sauce. I don't know why I've been saying that that <laughs> that phrase a lot lately, but whatever. A lot of us get lost in the sauce because we're pe- people pleasers, number one. This is me. And... I think a lot of us get ran down trying to foster and grow all of these relationships. And the first takeaway point I want to say is that in all kind of relationships that you are dealing with, you have to love yourself, number one. And my Christian Christian values also say that, hey, God is first and then everything else. You know what I mean? And so if you have a great relationship with God, I feel like it makes it even better to to know the examples of what you've learned on your Christian walk to know how to treat people, right? And I think we live in a world now where, of course, like we're like in this microwave where we want everything to be instant. We want respect right now. We want loyalty right now. We want the truth right now. We want love right now. But if we're being 100 with yourself, like those things take time. And you go through things in life to where things change. You go through situations and you learn something from it and you might grow. You might outgrow some people. You might outgrow some family members. And I think the family part of this discussion that I'm trying to have is I think it's one of the most important things that we need to get straight family is like the strongest tree that you can literally have throughout your whole life and the roots are steady and if you just let the the good lord rain on the tree it'll be all right follow me okay strong family tree so you don't have to talk to your family members every day in my mind i'm just gonna shout out all my family i love y'all even if i don't talk to y'all every day i got your back like real talk 
You don't talk to them every day, but when you see them, it's love. Of course, you know, as you grow, some of your cousins become your best friends. You're closer to certain cousins than the other, but it's still family love there. But you still need to properly take care of these relationships. And I've had this conversation with some people and it's just like, sometimes family members will talk bad about you or gossip more about you than your regular friends. And I think that's because we all have that gossipy nature about us, whether we want to admit it or not, myself included. I'm no angel, but we got to stop gossiping about our family members. We have to like, I think we should like challenge ourselves. Anytime you feel yourself gossiping about a family member put like a dollar in a jar or replace that gossip with like three positive things about that particular family member and then move on with your day I think that's a good challenge so we've talked about the the family dissector of this conversation most important to me uh work relationships I think there again a lot of us are looking to get to the top. And so a lot of us aren't our, our authentic selves when we go to work. You want to be the best. And I get that. But watch how you how you uh, grow these relationships at work. Um, I'm definitely one of those people where I always gravitate to at least two to three people that actually become my true blue friends at any job that I've been at. And I'm a very private person. And so it takes a long time for, for me to be able to call a coworker a friend. And it has happened, you know? But watch how you, you grow those relationships. Don't tell your business to everybody. Everybody doesn't deserve to know your, your business outside of work. Some jobs and some people, you're just meant to go get a paycheck and go home. And that's not saying be mean to the people like, yeah, talk, whatever, but watch the business that you tell. And this is with anybody. This is family, too, because like I said, we got that gossip gene in our families. So sometimes watch all the business you tell your family members. So we got that regular friendships, regular friendships. Um, I want to make sure I say the right thing. Because I think nowadays, a lot of these friendships seem to be one-sided where the person makes sure the other person is always consistently okay. And the other person thinks, oh, if you're not checking on them, then you don't want to be their friend. And it's just, you know, for me personally speaking and friendships that I've been through my whole life, you know, um, it's not always like that. Like I said, people are constantly going through things and I'm the type of person, even when I'm going through things, I try to still check on people, but I am human and I don't always check on everybody. And there again, a friendship, it goes two ways. It shouldn't be always one person calling or texting. It should be, if you know, I'm currently going through a lot of shit, you should be checking on me too. It should just be easy flowing to where no one ever knows who's really checking on who. It just happens. And I really want to take this moment to like just really shout out my best friend. Like I'm truly thankful to have like this man as my best friend. And it's been a journey. And I only say it's been a journey because of my romantic relationship with Mr. So they've been in my life pretty much the same amount of time. And it's just good to have a friend that will keep calling to make sh- to make sure that you're okay. Like he knows everything that I go through as far as like being sick and all this stuff. And he's a really good friend. And it's just like our, our, at this point, I feel like our relationship is pretty much automatic and there again, like communication is important with all relationships. And when I don't feel like talking or if I'm going through something that I don't want to verbally talk about, I'll just say, hey, best friend, I don't really feel like talking. And I'll even make sure to ask, but are you okay before I go silent or whatever I do? 
And so I make sure I do that for my best friend. And there again, there's levels in relationships and friendships. Like he's earned the right for some of the things that I allow to happen as far as like all the phone calls and all that stuff, because we have been through things together when no one else was there for me through certain situations. He was there for me. And when my daddy died, he was there for me, whether he knew it or not, through our conversations and all that stuff. He was there for me. Um, and, you know, my biggest like shout out for our friendship was the fact that when Mr. told me that I couldn't be friends with him anymore, he still would hit me up. And I'm just very thankful that he just didn't go away in that moment. I always tell him that and I always make sure I remind Mr. that, hey, you almost cost me my best friend. And thank the Lord that me and Mr. are finally in a good place with my male friends that I've had since forever. And my best friend, like he is finally okay with me being best friends with this man. And so he finally gets it and all this stuff. But certain people also think like when you get in a relationship, you act different. And I want to speak on this as well. And there again, I'm a private person. So sometimes, most of the time, you don't even know when I'm in a relationship or not in a relationship. And there again, the person that truly always knows is my best friend and I didn't even really tell him about Mr. me and Mr. talking again until it was a couple of months in, I feel like. And um, so there. So I say that to say this. I don't operate differently when I'm in a relationship. And for those of you that get in your feelings or whatever, when you see me post something, not even saying his name, but it's a moment that makes me happy. And sometimes when I'm on social media, it's like, therapy for me and I don't care like I want to be able to post certain things and when I go back in my time hop or something I see it and it makes me feel a certain way to to remember oh a bad feeling or a good feeling but the memory is there like yeah I used to have a journal but I don't feel like writing so I just tweet happy moments and I'm also trying to get out of my own head with the fact of saying that hey you deserve to be happy and Stop the negative talk of if you post about Mr., then it's not going to work out and all that stuff. Because what, just a few episodes back, I I talked negatively about a situation, but we talked through whatever happened and we're good. And, you know, like it's just, especially if you have a, a, a best friend or a friend that's of the opposite sex and you get into relationships, the dynamics have to somewhat change. Like, can you imagine... Me being with my dude and one of my guy friends calls me like five o'clock in the morning or, you know, just to talk like that's disrespectful to my man. And I'm old school with how I operate with all kinds of friendships and relationships. And I just feel like there's a respect level with how you communicate with people. And I had a best friend before my current best friend. And we ended up not being friends anymore once he got into a relationship uh, and it was just like one of those things, it really hurt me because I was always there for him when he didn't have his car. I would drive all the way to the north side to be a good friend to him. But when he got into a relationship, I knew the dynamics would change. I never tried to force myself to, to spend time with him. Like I just played my position as being his best friend. And whenever he wanted to hang out, we would hang out. But I never wanted to disrespect his now wife and everything but it was just one of those things like we had a falling out over someone I had started dating and he didn't agree with it or something like that and because his opinion mattered more than my actual life that I was living we weren't friends he called me a terrible friend and all this stuff and you know missing that friendship I even tried to go back to him last year and and try to you know, fix the friendship and he just never answered my message. And so we need to really learn how to just cover yourself and make sure you're, you're being friends with the right people at the end of the day, because 
you know, people, just like when you get in relationships, like once you get past X amount of months, people start to change or stuff happens and and people change in their life. And that's fine. And it's fine if you grow apart from people. That's also fine. But don't tear people down on your way to a new journey. Like I love all my friends and I have different kind of relationships with all my friends. I have a small circle, but I love my friends and I will do anything for my friends until my last day on earth. And I just see a lot of people out here being friends with anybody and you don't have the right people in your circle watching over you. And that's so important. Like you don't want a friend out there pumping you up up to spend all your money, to lay down with all these dudes. Like I feel like in friendships, just like a relationship, you should be equally yoked with these people you are linking yourself up with, especially if you're calling people your best friend. Everyone is not your best friend. And I can definitely say that my best friend I had before my current best friend was not a best friend. My current best friend is a best friend because, like I said, like we've been through some stuff and I feel like we're currently going through some stuff collectively together, but we're making it. And so he gets to have that title for life. And I saw something on Instagram about females needing female friends. And it's like one of those things where I've been there, done that, and it just never seems to work out for me. And there again, I'm not a perfect person and I have my issues from stuff in the past, but I've always left that door open to have close female friends. And I wish I've had, I wish I had close female friends, but I have my sisters and stuff like that. But I just don't have that unit of girlfriends that I just go and hang out with. And it's always been a tough thing for me. And no, I'm not a jealous person, but it just seems like we'll get close to a certain degree and we'll just grow apart. Or I had a a close friend in college and, you know, we were friends, right? And my daddy died. I told her that my daddy died and you're supposed to be my really good friend. You didn't try to come to the funeral. A couple of weeks later, you asked me for money. You didn't even ask me how I was doing. Do you see how these things stay with people? Like, it's not always what you do, it's what you say. And for it to be that early on and for this this lady to ask me for money instead of asking how I was doing, to me, I was just, my brain instantly turned off and You know, I've tried to reach out to her and try to make her be my friend or try to, you know what I mean? Try to get past that. And it just never works because people are just so unaware. You know what I mean? And so it's things like that. And going back to my daddy's death, like people show you who they really are in situations like that. And not one of my friends showed up to that funeral and this is my daddy that passed away you know what I mean like my daddy and so it's things like that that will forever remain in my head and it's just like where were you when I really needed you or that whole notion of you wasn't with me when I was shooting in the gym like so those those people that really make an impact on my life or those that had the balls enough to say I'm sorry or those that had the the welcoming heart to accept my apologies, because there again, I'm not perfect. But I guess the, the big takeaway that I want to give is watch who you call your friends. Watch who you give your heart to in a romantic relationship. And I just want to say this, like, I feel some type of way that I don't have a lot of people in my corner that are really open to the love that I have for Mr. And there again, you don't know what me and him have been through all these years and you don't know what's changed in him and what's changed in me to make me say, you know what, no matter what, this time around, I'm not walking away. And that was one of my biggest things with him throughout the years. Like, And he even, he called a spade a spade. And he told me one day, I don't know if it was, years ago or recently when we talked everything out and he told me that when things aren't perfect you get mad and you disappear and that is 100% true 
and only I know exactly what goes on with him the same way with him and you know like I just I want more people to have an open heart because of who I deal with and so if I've chosen to 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 bear down and go through this either say nothing or keep your negative thoughts to yourself and so that's something I've been sitting on for like years in regards to my mister. But <laughs> there again, it's just like I said, it's just let people love because life is short. I could die tomorrow, but mister makes me happy. You know, like he has never physically hurt me. He doesn't talk down on me. He's never cheated on me. We are just at the end of the day, me and him, we are weird people. We have our weird ways. He has his weird ways. I have my weird ways. And it's just all deciding on what you want to deal with. But never stick around just to have someone to call your phone. That's why I always say. And know those limitations. Know when it's not right. And when it's not right, you got to leave. And that's And that is... With any kind of relationship is basically what I want to end this conversation with. Um, like I said, I know this episode will kind of feel like a long rant, but just bear with me. There's some little jewels in there and hopefully you enjoy this episode. I do want to say since the title of this episode is Everyday Be that this week uh, marked the, is it the 15 years since uh, one of my favorite movies came out paid in full came out in let's see let's see yeah 15 years ago came out in 2002 and so yeah if you've never seen that movie before in your life get your life together and watch paid in full b it's a good good classic movie for the culture so with that i hope you have a wonderful weekend if you haven't already listen to the bit crick album big crit album that dropped today i'm going to be doing a special special big crit episode with my best friend we're going to dive into the album that dropped today so be looking for that the episode will be dropping soon um if you're not following me on social media please follow me um follow me on instagram oh you thought fallon that's f-a-l-l-o-n um twitter pretty and smart 81 that's pretty the letter n smart 81 my website oh you thought fallon.com what else what else what else uh, you can email me, oh, you thought Fallon at gmail.com. If you want to tell me how I'm doing, if you want to ask me advice or whatever the case may be, just let me know. But like I said, y'all be blessed. Y'all be careful out there and have a great weekend. Until next time, remember to glow up, bless up, stay prayed up and hold it down. Hold it down. Hold it down. We gon' hold it down. We gon' hold it down.